Hello and welcome to episode 260 of Three Bears in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Hello. Hello, Colin. We are both exceptionally sweaty right now. Um, wait, well, wait, I'm very um... sweaty. Um, it is, I don't think it's even that warm in Scotland, but it's warmer than Scotland really should be. Let's put it that way. Oh, yeah, I think usually Scottish people are comfortable in like the kind of 18 to 20 range. Yes. And it's like kind of... This week it's been up at kind of 28, 29 and stuff like that. And it's, uh, yeah, it's... We're um, physically not built for it. It's sticky. It's very <laughs> sticky, which is why we're doing this late at night on a Saturday to try and not be a complete puddle. Collins in his jammies. Um, I'm in my jammies, yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing only the clothes you can see. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> the camera cannot pan down. Um, otherwise, it could be very awkward for us both. Um, but we're going to be very... We've got a lot to talk about this week, so we're going to be... Brief, what were you drinking tonight? Anything of interest? Oh, um, um, I went to, I was in the West End and I, ju- I went into the fancy beer shop and I bought me a can of this, um, which is Two by Two Brewing Company and it's mm. called Beautiful Minds IP. Oh, that's nice. It's a very lovely um, can. It is, which is 6.4% as well. Nice. Um, so I'll be having one of these and yes, no more. Um, and it was also um, in the bargain basement as well. Oh, nice. So is this, is that when I went to, is it Valhalla's Go or something it's called? No, it's the other one, the one's called The Cave. Cave, um, right, okay. Which is right beside the underground station. Um, but I thought while well, I was in the West End, I as well try to take advantage of to impress you and get, get yes. something decent instead of my usual pitch because I have got Bud Light in the fridge. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is your story in the news. It's America where a Bud Light truck overturned and spilled all his Bud Light cans all the road. People just went and collecting them. And I thought, oh, oh. I Colin would just be pulling over and just filling his trunk. <laughs> with any Bud Lights as he possibly could. I would be stuffing it down my shorts and everything. Yeah. Like when Homer <laughs> finds his sugar, yes, you come home with like a mountains of Bud Light. <laughs> what are you drinking, sir? It is far too warm for me to drink alcohol tonight, so I am only on Lucasade just to try and recover some of the fluids that I lost while watching football today. Because um, I sweated an abnormal amount for a a man of my size it was um, but you are standing exposed to the elements oh yeah it's, it's junior football it's definitely not like I brought event lap you're like covered by shelter and you get a nice yeah. comfy seat and all that kind of stuff no I am exposed to the, the full beating heart of the sunshine at all times for two hours for two hours uh, essentially yes so yeah you kind of brought that one in yourself so yeah <laughs> my main worry was that the linesman for the game was about 70 years old and I thought that man is clearly going to die in this <laughs> that was a genuine concern so Maybe if he died, so, um, he'd a better job around the line. Just before we move on, this weather stuff, I'm so confused. So I've been, I've been reading the news a lot and you know, declared like a kind of drought status in, in loads of England. Yeah. Um, and it's like they're saying it's the worst it's been for 500 years. And yeah. then the next headline is like severe storm warnings for next week. And you're like, I can't, I, I well, don't understand this driving home from Driving home from Glasgow tonight, after I, went to, I went to the movies after the football and all the big kind of things overhanging the roads, you know, the kind of, Signs that tell you what you know, upcoming, you know, traffic jam or something yeah. like that. There, nothing. On, only thing I've seen on like, like severe weather, yellow yeah. warning ahead. Storms are going. Where the hell it's, from? it's nuts, man. You just you don't know what to do. You, you wake up and it's like I don't know how to dress. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. shorts, trainers, fucking coat. I, I don't understand what I'm meant to do. As we know, Colin, I dressed the same regardless of or weather. So. <laughs> I don't have I have a, a wardrobe that suits me and that is it. Yeah, it's like, it's like one suit fits all for every yes. occasion. Almost. Yes, it always yeah. works. Always works. <laughs> um, so we'll be, like I said, again, we're going to be brief because we've got lots to talk about tonight. Um, mm. After a couple of weeks of quite quiet weeks of, of chat about movies, we've actually got a shit ton to talk about this week. So I've not watched anything of interest at home. I'm going to maybe watch some stuff over the weekend. Um, what have you watched at home of interest? Okay, so a couple of things. Uh, the the main one I watched at home, uh, 
and I kind of surprised myself by by how ferocious I was with the, the kind of watching of this was the Sandman, um, which has been which adapted is, on Netflix. This is the first time it's been adapted yeah. for. Um, it's been tried to be adapted many, many times and never yeah. really got it. Yeah, I think it's been in you know kind of development hell for yeah for for years and years and years. Saying it's unfilmable and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Netflix have made it into a ten part TV show. Um. Yes. So it's it's based on is it Neil Gaiman or Gaiman? What I say Gaiman. That's how I've heard it pronounced by is, people yeah. who know, know him. So I say Gaiman. Cool. So so it's an, an, based on a Neil Neil Gaiman graphic novel. Um. The premise is that um Dream um. Who is like the king of the dream world um, has been kidnapped by mortals, and in his absence, um, things have went to shit. Um, mm-hmm. Managed to get back to the dream world, and he basically has to fix stuff. Um, and that's that's pretty much the the, the premise. Um, mm-hmm. And it intertwines him meeting up with his fellow kind of gods, if you want to call them that, like kind of death and the devil mm-hmm. and desire and stuff like that, and, and just you know the kind of hijinks and interplay between all of it and, and Dream just basically trying to restore his world back to its former former glory. Mm-hmm. Um, to- we kind of briefly spoke about this before we started um, tonight, but I'm not overly familiar with your game as material. Um, you should be. Mass- you, I, I genuinely think it's something yeah. you would genuinely love. Um, oh, but I, 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 that might... Is, when Christmas arrives, Colin, I get sent you may get some new game and stuff for Christmas. Well, Fair I think way. I'm going to go buy the, the, the graphic novel of the I think that's a novel, but his novels are very good. Stardust is excellent. Um, I've seen so the movie Stardust, which is an amazing film, but I've not read it. And Coraline is the other one that I've seen the movie, but again, I've not read it. I think that was a graphic it. novel, wasn't a book, but you've also got his books. You've got Good Omens that he wrote with Terry Pratchett, which was excellent. Um, and Nancy Boys was also excellent as well. He does a great one on Norse mythology that was out a couple of years ago. It's just him telling all the stories and legends of Norse mythology, which is generally a, a brilliant read. He just brings it all totally alive. So Gaiman is, it sounds redundant to say, Gaiman's a very good writer. He's, he's very good at what he does, you know. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the man's when He's got awards for it out his arse, yeah. you know, for, for his, his kind of talents and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm surprised at myself that... It's taken me this long to to even you know get into the Sandman, and it's taken a TV show to, to do that. It's it's very strange. In terms um, of fantasy authors like him, Pratchett, probably R.R. Martin. Now they're sort of like the sort of the Holy Trinity guy kind of guys yeah. who like sort of like are held up in kind of pop culture and that kind of world of being like sort of like the pinnacle of what you can achieve with yeah with world building and everything. So yeah, it's very odd you've not read much of. I think you yeah. read a lot. I think you read a lot of Terry Pratchett. No, I'm not. I'm not a massive fan of Pratchett. Really? Um, really? I'm more. I, I kind of more go for my, my kind of fantasy go to is like Terry Brooks and, and David Gemmell. Right. Okay. I'm more the, the kind of more serious. I think sci-fi because, fantasy also. almost opposed to sort of not maybe a wee aye possibly. Um, what what Sellerfield done? Um, the spirits are off and stuff like that as well. Oh, right, so, ranking. I like Rankin as well. well Rankin, Rankin if you like Rankin, you like Pratchett because Pratchett Rankin is sort of like a, a version of Pratchett. Yeah, Pratchett yeah. does it better, but Rankin's also very good. Uh, yeah, but no, it's, it's, I mean that this show was um, ten episodes. Uh, I started watching it last Saturday morning, and I'd finished it by Sunday night. Oh. Um, so I, I I tore through it. Um, no, I went in with no expectations because I just you know, I thought, fuck it, let's let you know, let's watch the first episode. And yeah. boom, I was I was completely hooked. Uh, really, what it, weirdly it has its strongest suit was the middle episodes. Yeah, 
Mm. First one, first one was good. Kind of tails off what we towards the end, but the, the the middle section was outstanding viewing, like completely mm-hmm. gripping, and you know, just you just want more and more and more and more and more. And as soon as it's finished, you just play on the next one. Ah, you want the next one? Are they um, long? So, so they forty five minutes, an hour long each, roughly. Forty five, fifty minutes each. Yeah, um, okay. So not not too bad at all. Um, but in terms of storytelling, um, it's it's just. Phenomenal. Without kind of spoil, I'm sure most people know the story anyway. It's probably just me that doesn't. But the the first episode um, encompasses like hundred years, uh-huh. um, yeah. and it does it in such a good way. But do you know what I mean? It, it, it just kind of unfolds before you, and it just opens up and just gives you this marvelous world and universe that that just if you didn't know exist, you'd be glad you found. Yeah. And if you do know about it, then you know you're you're in for a treat. Um, as usual, um, unfortunately, I've been reading reviews and uh, the, the, the anti-woke brigades all over this one, um, unfortunately, um, because, as we were speaking about before we started recording, um, some of the characters have changed. Um, They've been gender-swapped so, or... Yeah, um, you know, race is, is different and stuff like that. And, and of course, um, people being with that are, are aggrieved at this. Um, and as you were saying off-camera, um, Neil Game's response to that was, well, Fuck you, I wrote it. I can do what I want. Do what I want. And, it, yeah. and I'm imagining, we'll talk about a film later on, which I really enjoy, but a film that's set in a foreign country that had absolutely none of that foreign nationality in it, apart from a very minor role. So we'll talk about that later. So, you know, so okay. apparently the anti-woke brigade is not questioning, you know, that at any point, you know. It's, it, it's fucking weird what they decide to pick on and what they yeah. do and don't like. Um, do you know what I mean? But no, this is a great show and I think I think you'll like it a lot. I know, I'm um, really looking forward to it, but I'm... Yeah. I'm, I'm carving out a proper weekend to watch it. Yeah. I don't want to watch an episode and then go back to it in a couple of days. I want to sit down and watch just like, I want to almost watch 10 in the space of like, you know, 20 hours, essentially. Yeah, I want yeah. to just smash it. Um, I do get why people say it's unfilmable. It's almost like the, the Watchmen, that, that was the same, you know, people said you can't make it into a movie and, and, and they've done it. And I think when you see something like the Watchmen or this, and you kind of see how they've done it. It's it's just amazing it's, how it's that understanding of the material and just how they condense it and, and kind of you know port it over to that kind of media. And they've done such a. It's built for episodic that. television. It's not built. I mean, that's uh, why when you, when you watch something like Lord of the Rings the movies, you go, "That is almost amazing what they've done with those three films to make them into three coherent, wonderful movies." Yeah, when you look at the social because the social one is all over the place and it's so yeah. big and it's so vast and there's so much in it, and no one wants to cut anything out. So it, it's a real talent to to not to adapt something. You're not you're not you don't have to tell the story exactly as it is in the book. You're adapting the story. Yeah, and yeah. I think definitely something like the Sandman is made for made for like sort of episodic television. You can does, does every episode work in its own right for the most part? Um. The, the... No, I think you do need to kind of go for start to finish. I think if you yeah. drop in half, there's a couple that are standalone. There's, there's a kind of three, maybe I would say that you know kind of sit in their own wee contained universe. Yeah. Um. But yeah, overall, I think you do need to have the first episode to give you the grounds to to kind yeah. of know where, where it's kind of where where it's going. But no, you're right. It's it's a definite craft to understand how to take something like this and, and you know make it for that that certain medium and make mm. it work on you know like yeah. a, a movie format or a tv show is it's a skill that's well it's one of the things well what works on the page doesn't always work in in yeah. reality you know yeah um, yeah but th- this one definitely something i rated that a solid eight out of ten i will get solid. to it um other than that anything else you watch the home of interest um just i am group which um, is 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 yeah very kind of three minute 
cartoons. There's four of them, and it's just basically Baby Groot getting up to nonsense, um, you know, on the downtime between the the Guardians movies. Um, it's just absolute cute nonsense. It's just silly, daft, just makes you go, oh, that's cute, and then it's done. Um, they're so, so quick. As I say, each one's about three minutes, um, and, and they're done. So very, very digestible. Great fun for kids, adults, and you know, we kind of nods to the movies and stuff like that. Four well. minutes is about all you can really handle of a character who can only say... I am Groot, four words, yeah. yeah. four words. Yeah. I think that's pretty much how you can get across from it. Um, yeah, I will yeah, definitely yeah. watch that. It does seem very cute and very, very... Lovely. Very, very well done. It's, it's a lot of fun. And it's I nice to my see... Little, I my little niece will love it in many ways. Yeah. Oh, you enjoy it as well, so you enjoy it as well. Um, that That's it in terms of um actual TV shows and stuff. For mm-hmm. me, the rest that I've seen is all like kind of big boy movies now. Okay, we will we'll get on to it. We've got a lot of movies to get through this week. This has been a busy week for us both, which I'm very yes. proud of. Um, <laughs> We've done so, well. <laughs> done well. Yeah, sheltering from the heat by watching just tons of movies. So we'll start with one that came out on Amazon Prime, um, and that is one called 13 Lives, directed by Ron Howard, who obviously directed things like um, well, Backdraft, Your Favourite Willow, um, mm. My Favourite Far and Away, um, A Beautiful Mind, Rush. But I think the film probably most akin to this one is maybe Apollo 13, I would say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the plot of this one is very simple. It's um, it's a true story of the 13, um, 12 kids and one adult who were in, I think it's Thailand, isn't it? Um, Thailand, yeah. yeah. They get stuck in a cave underground. There's water slowly rising in it. It's going to drown them. And it's about the sort of international, local and international efforts to basically free these children from uh, the cave and, and rescue them. And it's all yeah. about that. Essentially, it's, very, it's all about smart people trying to be smart to save a bunch of kids. Which, to save lives, yeah. Save lives. Yeah, totally. And um, the film, you got Viggo Mortensen, who I think is doing an Australian accent. No, Viggo's an Englishman. He's, he's a Englishman. Sheffield. He's Sheffield, Sheffield right? I think Sheffield. he's doing, possibly, yeah. Possibly. Yeah. And you've got quite almost unrecognisable Colin Farrell. I don't know if was Colin Farrell. Um, Joe Edgerton, he's definitely playing an Australian. Um, yeah, he's Aussie. Yeah. He's Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> you've also got Tom Bateman and Paul Gleason as well popping as well. Yeah. So, um. I like films about, about smart people being smart. Um, yeah. it's, it's one of my favourite genres of film, if, that's, if it can be defined as a genre. Um, this, I thought, was really well told. Like a lot of films we talk about, it's maybe 25, 30 minutes too long in terms of, sort of unfolding the drama. It felt like it did yeah. drag at times. Um, but it, it doesn't try to add additional drama in, which I thought was quite well done. It didn't try and make... Well, yeah, when I was watching it, I, I kind of thought... Because the, the, the central premise is there's these 12 kids and their football coach trapped in a cave. Mm. And for the first, I would say, hour and 20 minutes, they are not a factor in this film no. at all. Um, which, when at the time I was like, that's weird. But now in retrospect, I'm like, how fucking boring would it be watching 12 people in a fucking black cave? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. As well, so I kind of get the choice. But it does seem weird that it removes them completely almost from... It's, it's more about the bureaucracy around it and almost... Yeah, and, like, yeah, the um, kind of planning and, and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I thought... It was, so it doesn't try to add additional drama. Like none, It doesn't make like, one of the kids sick for some reason and they've got you trying, you know, it doesn't do anything yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was really good. Um, I did like the fact that it didn't focus just on the white saviour aspect of it. It actually brings in the sort of the, the Taiwanese, the, sorry, the Thailand... Um, people as well, you yeah. know, the fact that they lost all their land because of this, you know, because to, to, to rescue mm. the kids basically flooded their entire crops to make this work. Yeah, the, is... the, the fields, race fields and stuff. Ah, yeah. so that was, that was yeah. kind of crazy. So I like the fact it showed the local efforts, because a lot of these films were made by American crew, American filmmakers, they do like focus on yeah, the Western yeah. aspect um, in it, so that was good. It did feel kind of odd casting, because like 
Love Viggo Morrison, great actor. Love Colin Farrell, again, great actor. And I actually love Joe Wegerton as well. I think Joe Wegerton's always really interested in what he does. Yeah. But it was, it was star power that was never really utilised in any real way. It didn't feel like they sort of they used it well they, they were playing very realistic characters. Yeah. Instead of larger-than-life characters, which yeah. you used to seeing them playing. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it was very weird. See, like 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 you say, seeing like Aragon speaking well, like, you know, a kind of Northern England accent. Yeah. Colin Farrell <laughs> sounding like somebody for the Dales. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, was like, I, I don't understand what's going on here. Yeah. The, the characters seemed almost just too mundane and boring. Yeah, uh, the guys were like the guys might have been like that, and that's maybe they had to be like that in order to pull off this job. And that's yeah. what, it's essentially a job to them. They, they've been, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. they're there to do a job, so they're not trying to be heroes. They're just trying to do this is a job. We have to do it. We have to get it done. So they do come across as kind of boring. Yeah, <laughs> here, here we go again. You know, it's like who can we get to do this? We'll do it because this is what we do. I suppose. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, there's no, you know, there's no capes and shit like that. It's yeah. just, you know, guys, you know, we've done this for 40 years. Yeah. We know how to do it. Let's fucking get to work. Yeah. You know, that that's it. Yeah. I thought uh, Howard done a good job when he's uh, making a film and sort of showing you. I never felt confused as to where people were or what people were yeah. doing. I, I felt I was always bit same like that's why I paired Paul 13, whereas I don't know anything about how to launch a spacecraft, but I was fully aware of what was happening at each point and why this part yeah. was important. And I thought you done a good job of that as well. So I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, it felt, same. I, yeah. Actually, same. I thought it was quite, it, it kind of kept the tension high as well. Yeah. You were always, you always, and we, know, you know, and we know the story. Yeah, you rooted, you know what I mean? You, mm. you, you, even though you knew, yeah, you were like, you know, please let it be a good outcome. And mm. I didn't realise... Um, I, I, I can't remember all this because it was only four four years ago. Well, yeah, very recent. Yeah. So I do remember the news, but I'd, I'd kind of forgotten that, that this took space over almost two weeks as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and the, the film does really well to, to kind of give you a sense of that time frame. Um, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't feel, you know, like everything's kind of rushed along. You know, it, it feels like, you know, there's like, you know, hurry up, you need to save these yeah. fucking kids. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Do you know what I mean? There's all these kind of. There's a ticking clock on it, but it's not a ticking yeah. clock in the sense of yeah, it's this or nothing. There is a they the can almost the code at the end almost tells you how close they got to the end for being yeah. a problem. But there's never a ticking clock during the film as much. It's yeah, not interesting. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was good to see. Um, you know, the, just the brains. You know, it lets fucking puzzle the shit out of us. Um, yeah. The solution that, that they came up with, which I, again I didn't know, was. Uh-huh. Mental, insane. Um, <laughs> yeah, proper, absolutely mental. Yeah. Proper nuts, you know. Yeah. When when you hear him saying, you know, let's get him in, and you're like, what's he going to do? And when they explain what he's going to do, you're like, they're not going to do that. Are they? <laughs> and at one point, I'm thinking, you know, surely this is, you know, this is, you know, this is going to fail. We're going to do something else, and it's like, uh-huh. no, that's fucking done it. You know, they, yeah. they, they, people know this. I'm not going to spoilers yeah. for it, but you know, basically, they fucking knock the kids out put them into fucking wetsuits and divers drag oh. them through five miles of flooded caves. Oh, um, individually, one at a time? Fucking insane. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like they basically fucking don't up the cave. I mean, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, here you go, just every hour, just bop, there you go, knock you out, oh. fucking drag them. Yeah. Fucking bonkers, man. Like, yeah. Absolutely nuts. It's, a, it's like I said, that's why I compare it to, it's probably closer to Paul 13, because it's like the idea of like, you get smart people in a room and they just work the problem. They, they figure, yeah. they, they see the problem as, they see what they've got to resource and go, yeah, we don't want to do this way, but this is the only way that works, and this will work. And I think and you said in the, in, in the film as well, it's like how many will, they, will make it, do you think, you know, with, with a solution, or like, we'll two, maybe three, if we're lucky. Aye. Do you know what I mean? The is fucking, I think that's when I started, you know, the tension was built for me. Yeah. Even though I knew the outcome, I'm like, yeah. this is this is fucking insane. You can't do that. And yeah, yeah they've done it. And out, out of 10, what are you giving it? 
out of 10, I would give it a solid 7.5 out of 10. Very good. I'd give it a 7 out of 10. I enjoyed it as well. Very much enjoyable yeah. film. Um, I felt it did drag on a wee yeah, tiny did. bit. Because it, um, it was two hours 20, I want to say. Two hours say. 20, yeah. It's touching, it's touching like I, um, 150 I, minutes almost. Yeah, it kind of did. Now and again, it just kind of laboured a wee tiny bit. Because there is a lot of talking and, you know, like kind of bouncing mm. ideas about and stuff like that. But um, no, thoroughly enjoyable. And um, yeah, even on your outcome, I was still like, what's going to happen? Hey, Rudy, yeah. <laughs> Lovely. So actually, Even well, though I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> what I would say is if you're going to watch this, maybe wait till very late at night to watch it because um, if you get any light shining in your house at any point on the TV screen, you will not be able to see any of this film because it is a very yeah, dark film. Uh, yeah, I watched it at night as well. Yeah, it is very dark. You, yeah. need, you need that, that backlit TV to, to really fucking do its work for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So on from that, we'll move to a film that's in the cinema. You saw it last week, I saw it this week, and that is a film called Bullet Train, um, directed by David Leach, who directed um, Atomic Blonde, Deadpool 2, Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, and was one of the sort of um, uncredited co-directors, stunt coordinator on the first John Wick. He was sort of heavily involved with the John Wick film as well. Yeah. Um, the plot of this film is there is a hitman who gets on a train, um, he's been tasked to get a briefcase, gets a briefcase, and then all hell breaks loose as everyone else in the train appears to be another hitman who's either trying to kill him or get the briefcase, essentially. Yeah. And he's got to try and discover what's happening and fight his way off said train. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's a, I don't know, that's the plot is the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> in the film, you've got Brad Pitt um, uh, as a sort of the main hitman. You've got Joey King. Uh, you've also got Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Brian Tyree Henry, um, Hirakoya Sanada pops up in it as well. Uh, Bad, something called Bad Bunny pops up in it as well. Um, Michael Shannon appears in it for a very brief period. And also Zazie Beats an even briefer, almost cameo appearance she has in it, yeah. but she's in it as well. Um, yeah. What do you think of this one? I love this film. Yeah. Um, I really got it in a big way. It was just pure fucking fun. Uh, just for start to finish, absolute nonsense. Um just pit swaggering his way through it, enjoying himself. Um, yep. the, the, the Aaron Taylor and, and uh, what's the other fella's name, Brian? Brian Tyree Henry. The two of them were absolute phenomenal. MVPs the whole thing, just phenomenal <laughs> just each other. Yeah, totally like, had me laughing out loud yeah. in the cinema. Do you know what I mean? But they were so good. Um, yeah. Joy King was brilliant as well. She's very she good was, as well. Yeah, Zazie Beats, as you say, she was in it for two minutes, possibly. Yeah. Great wee role in it, um, and uh, the the Japanese guy, he was brilliant as well. Um, yeah, uh, oh, that's what we're going to get to. He's the only Japanese person in this whole goddamn film. That's set in Japan. It's set in Japan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apart from Hero, you get Hero from um, Heroes. You ever yeah. watch Heroes? He pops yeah. up in it as a wee train conductor, Bre- which I thought might have been a bigger role, but he literally was yeah, just a train conductor. <laughs> But um, really, really fun. I do like, I think we've spoken about this before, um, when you take films like this, Train to Busan, um, the, the Poirot one, where it's set in a confined environment yeah, and they've got impressive. to work with that, that that wee amount of space. And mm. I, I love stuff like that when it's well done. And this was very well done. Uh, it yeah. just moves at a pace. It doesn't let up at all. You know, you yeah. just you go in and it just starts rolling and it's mm-hmm. just action, high adrenaline and, and fun all the yeah. way through. What did you think? I dug it. I'm, I'm the same. It's a really, it's a, it's a grown-up action movie. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. An, it's insanely violent as well, which are, which is mm. something that's been missing from cinema. It's not it's not trying to get that PG twelve. It's very much trying to play fifteen. It's, it's it, it knows yeah. what it wants to be. So I was quite happy with that. Um, like I said, great cast. Everyone has a kind of moment in it. Everyone gets a wee kind of like moment. Like they're brought, they're not an Oscar clip, but they're kind of showreel clip essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
pretty much every time Aaron Taylor-Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry were on screen, individually, they were absolutely magnetic. Together, they were absolutely phenomenal. Dynamite, they, they were so, so good. You want to see a back movie of them too? Like, sort of like a yeah, they, they, they did their own show. I, I could possibly see it happening on the back of this, because, yeah, yeah they, they were just, the, the chemistry they had as actors together as well was yeah. just... Wow, for all Brian Tyree's um, Cockney accent was not bad. It, it went coming when it time. It's not bad. <laughs> not bad at all. Yeah, at yeah. All. and it's good to see um, Aaron as well not being a superhero. Do you know what I mean? Because you forget that it's you know he's, he's a good wee actor when he's not been. He's a great actor. You don't see him in Mirror yeah. that um, the King when he plays the Robert the Bruce film. No, he no. plays. I can't remember who the character is. He's like like a bastard son trying to bring back his um, like sort of honor. Terrifying in it, but really good. Like one of the guys you go with, Aaron Dillard Johnson, is a good actor. Yeah, um, he can act some. Yeah, I really enjoyed when it was all close quarters, like you said, in the in the the, the train, and it's always hand to hand. They're using like bits of the train, you sort of like you know, like you know, like tray tables and like radio <laughs> yeah. and stuff. I yeah. didn't like when it went a little bit bigger than that. Seeming like doors are getting blown off, people are hanging off trains and stuff like that. The CGI let it down for a start at times. Yeah, there. yeah, and a couple of I, bits of CGI were a bit ropey. Yeah, and I felt a bit detached. By it, um, that sort of maybe I lost a bit. The what the hell that did lead to one of the best kills in the whole film, um, which we'll talk about off mic. Um, the, the whole you know, on top of the train thing. Um, yeah. so the CGI is a little bit lackluster, so that kind of took me over a little bit. So, other than that, I dug it, I thought it was excellent. Like, I had a great time watching it. It flies by the hour and 50 minutes it's on. Um, just, just that intensity to go big felt a little bit, it, it yeah. that to me lessened it a little bit and made it feel a little bit more. It just, if they kept it to the one train, I'd probably have felt it a lot better. Stay small. Um, Brad, Brad Pitt has charisma falling out of his arsehole, doesn't he, that man? He does, he, and he works he, the best in an ensemble. Brad, Brad yeah, Pitt is an ensemble actor. Absolutely. What I like about Pitt is, the, for the past, I want to say maybe kind of five to ten years, you can see that he's having fun now, do you know what I mean? He's yeah. just doing films and roles. That it's, it's, he's just enjoying himself now, and he's roles that really work for him, and it's just really smart just now with the choices he's making. Yeah, really I enjoyed him a lot. Enjoyed him a lot. Yeah. Um, so, no, I dug it. It's a really great film. Great in the big screen. That's not a big, massive sort of like yeah. super screen as well. Works brilliantly on that. Like yeah. I said, the only thing I down for me was the CGI and some of the bigger moments. But when it's all close yeah. combat and it's like a guy fighting in like a, in like a galley, and um, you've seen it in the trailer when he's fighting Aaron Taylor Johnson, or even the stuff with like the, the wolf. Um, I thought that was awesome. Like, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> <laughs> didn't, he, didn't need the water bottle story. I think that would be one thing they could have cut out, possibly. I quite enjoyed that. I thought it was quite quite a, an amusing wee, wee anecdote and detour. Right? Um, I thought it was quite silly. Yeah, yeah and it, did make me, it, it made me pain for Michael Shannon to be on screen more. I do like Michael Shannon. Michael um, Shannon, yeah. We, we always um, want a Michael Shannon. But I think I gave this... Uh, let me just quickly check. I'm I going gave this... Seven and a half. I give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, yeah, just because it, I went to see a dumb action film that you know was going to make me smile and laugh, and I got exactly what I went to see. Exactly, I'm not disappointing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, talk from that. We're going to some animated ones. First one you've seen, which is Super Pets DC Super Pets DC League of Super Pets. Pets. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, so this is the story of I'm I'm going to dumb this down for kid level because it is a kids movie. It's, it's basically Superman's dog. Yes. Um, loses his powers um, and he has to go and rescue Superman and the Justice League minus his powers. Um, he managed to, to, he gets together a gang of super pets to help him so these other pets acquire superpowers so you get like a kind of 
You've got okay. very good cast. We'll go through the cast. You've got Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, Kate McKinnon, John Krasinski, Vanessa yep. Meyer, Natasha Leon, Diego Luna, Mark Marin, Keanu Reeves, um, yep. Thomas Middleditch, Ben Schwartz, Olivia Wilde. So it's got you've got Nicole Cap- Brown, Jamil Jamil, Jamil Clement. It's got a very very solid cast. Very, cast very solid is, cast. What's really weird is. Um, all the cast are missing. All of them are playing like um, Krasinski's playing Superman. Yeah. And you're like, I want to see him playing Superman because mm. he voices animated Superman so well. You're like, I wonder what he'd be like, you know, wearing the cape and, and the shorts. Um, you know, same way uh, Reeves doing Batman. You're like, he's, you know, like, you imagine, you hear the voice and you're like, fuck, man, Reeves would be a good Batman. Um, do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. It's, really it's like, like we've done that recent um, Adam's Family, um, Carlton yeah. and Oscar Isaac uh-huh. and Charlie Theron. You go, I would watch them play. Yeah, yeah, I want to see them. Um, those kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, going by for, for what I've been reading about DC, um, it's, it's not impossible that, that this could happen one day. Um, a whole recast. Um, I think they're, they're scrapping everything and starting again. DC. I think there's a fair chance. Mean you might be running for a DC. <laughs> Quite possibly. Time. Yeah, but um, th- this was j- just pure cuteness overloads. Um, it, it definitely one for kids, but there's adult gags in there as well. There's enough for adults to enjoy, but it is, you know, squarely aimed, aimed at kids. Um, animation is absolutely gorgeous. Mm. Um, you've got the the Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson chemistry. It works animated. Even works. Uh, even voice work, yeah. Yeah, you you, you can really kind of get it. From, and Kate McKinnon is always she's she's Kate McKinnon. She's funny. The wife won't go and see it because it guinea pigs evil. Yeah, <laughs> no, I would know. Still go and see it. It's a fucking animated guinea pig. Yeah. I agree. You know, I agree. But you know, you know what she's like with a guinea pig. She does love a guinea pig. So I'm trying to think if, if there's a, a redemption there. That, that there's not. Yeah, there's, <laughs> nice. there's evil guinea pig. <laughs> but yeah, that's based on the premise: is the crypto superdog loses his powers, um, gets a team of super pets to help him rescue the Justice League and defeat the evil guinea pig who was Lex Luthor's. Guinea pig that he tested on, um, and that's why it's a super guinea pig. Cool. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's really good. Yeah, but yeah. There's, there's there's a lot of kind of visual gags. It's fast. It's furious, and you know it kind of. I, I guess like the running gag with like kind of comic book nerds and stuff like that is you know like Aquaman's a bit shitty talks to fish yeah. and stuff like that, and and this you know kind of grabs on to stuff like that, and and it's not scared to you know poke at it and stuff like that as well. So it's nice for that aspect. But um, yeah, overall, just solid fun watch. Um, it, it's definitely one that adults can watch as well. There's no shame going to see this one by yourself thinking it's, it's purely a kid's movie because it's not. But if you've got a kid with you, then... Um, it won't look at you funny. Well, yeah, it won't look at you as funny, but the kids, <laughs> the kids will really, really enjoy it. Um, I gave this one a 6 out of 10. Fair enough, um, which is, sounds about right for that kind of movie. Yeah, for, for a kid's movie, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I'll mention an animated film that's on Apple Plus, which is Luck, directed by Peggy Holmes, who was involved, who directed The Little Mermaid, Ariel's Beginning. Uh, and Tinkerbell and the Secret of the Wings, which I remember at one point all the young girls were very much into Tinkerbell. Imagine your little, your daughter was into Tinkerbell, wasn't she? At one point, Fuck my daughter, I'm into Tinkerbell. I've well, okay, fair enough. In I have ways, got a big crush on Tinkerbell, man. Like yeah. fucking seriously, yeah. That's... Tinkerbell does it for me in ways that I thought you were talking about on camera. I'm disturbing, it's... disturbing. It's... Well, um, true. Yeah. <laughs> so this one is it's about a woman who's very unlucky. Everything that happens in life can happen badly to her. She never gets any luck in any way. Um, she's now leaving her, she was in, been in her orphanage and she was like a baby. She's now 18, out, been out on her own. Um, but she really hopes that her friend in the orphanage is a young girl who will eventually find a forever home. That's the kind of idea behind it. Um, while she's walking out one day, she finds a lucky coin um, and she manages to use that coin to go into the land of luck to where she can watch to steal another coin so she can give it to her friend who will then 
able to find the forever home that she wants. So she has to navigate the, the land of luck um, without giving away the fact that the little cat has lost its lucky coin. That's Surely the there's no fucking peril in the land of luck whatsoever. There isn't in terms of that, <laughs> but there's a term because if the little cat gets found out to have lost its coin, it will get banished to the unlucky land. <laughs> so. okay. I don't even know. I, no. I've not even got a question about that. No, no. So anything you got, Eva Nobel Zada, um, who is I think, a more Broadway star. You also got Simon Pegg voicing the cat in a very interesting Scottish accent. Um, you also got Jane Fonda playing a dragon, Whoopi Goldberg playing, I can't remember what she was playing now, but she's playing something. Um, John Ratzenberger pops up in it as well, and a little Rel Howry. Um, this is mostly sweet animation. It looks very lovely. Uh, the voice cast is mostly unintrusive, but not really, nothing really stands out, you know. In, as much, you know, I think if you're Irish, you might be slightly offended by the use of leprechauns and the dodgy accents. And <laughs> like I said, Simon Pegg's Scottish accent does. Simon have... Pegg, he doesn't have any Scottish roots, does he? His wife's Scottish. Ah, right, okay. Because I know you he might, does Scottish you might in Star in, Trek. You might in Glasgow. Are you? Are you? Yeah. Okay, because I know he, he does Scottish in Star Trek and stuff like that. I'm sure there's something else that I've seen when he does a Scottish accent. Yeah, as but he's, well. got, he's got um, his wife's Scottish, so I think he may be copying some partly copying her accent or copying family accents in that respect. Yeah. Um, okay. but yeah, so it, it's, it's not bad. Um, it starts out with a wee good bit of energy and it's the sort of idea of like being unlucky and being lucky. That's quite funny the way they sort of show that. Mm. But my god, it loses energy very quickly. Um, like after the first <laughs> 25 minutes, it really does. Um, struggle and just everything they do just gets you think right I'm only 20 minutes into this so this seems too easy everything just gets another mission that makes it even go you know every mission they do this is the last chance to do it and then they fail and it's like oh don't worry we've got one more chance to do it and it's like there's no real peril at any point it's like, yeah. like it's constantly um, so it did get a bit dull in that respect and it's one hour 45 and I wouldn't lie, I did sort of check out for a good chunk of it. But it's got a nice wee message throughout it and stuff like that. There's no such thing as good luck or bad luck. It's just it's your own life and you can make your own decisions and it's what, what you make of it is, you know, you make your bad luck into your good luck and things like that. So it's it's got a nice, sweet message in it. Um, it sounds it. like something that would be written by a fucking Instagram influencer. It so. does feel a little bit like that, but it, it, it looked very pretty, but I would say I was a slightly underwhelmed by it. I was sort of a little bit let down by it. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm kind of yeah. glad. I was all set to watch it last night. Yeah. It was on Apple Plus, and remember, you're the only person in Britain with an Apple Plus subscription, so no one else has seen it but you. Yeah, no me, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not being, I'm not, I'm not raised about it, so I'll give it a five out of ten. Which bad luck or good luck? You decide. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five maybe, out of ten. Maybe yes. one for maybe one for really young kids, a lot younger, yeah. maybe Rowland or. You know, I imagine it being very bright and colourful. Very much so. It looks, it looks lovely. Secondly, colourful. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it looks lovely. And like I said, if DC Super Pets has got a few adult jokes in it, like you said, that you can pick up for the the, the the mums and dads in the crowd. This didn't have much that was sort of aimed towards the the adults who are watching. It's very much a for a kids' film. Oh, not good. Okay. okay. All right, come on to film number five, four, five, four, five, five, five. five. Wow. Um. Disney Plus, which I didn't expect them to have this film, um, Prey, um, the sort of seventh instalment in the Predator franchise. Yeah. Predator six, 1, seven, Predator six. 2, Alien vs. Predator, Alien vs. Predator, Requiem, Predators, The Predator. 
and now Prey, so seven, yeah, seven yeah, film in the seven series. Film. Yeah. Um, directed by Dan Trachtenberg, whose only other film is Ten Cloverfield Lane, which I think we both very much enjoyed. In fact, I think it made yeah. our top ten the year yeah. it was released. Um, plot of this film, very simple, like a Predator film. Predator comes to Earth in order to, you know, hunt for trophies, as it's, as it's known to do. The, the rub of this film is that it's set in sort of 1700s um, on the yeah. plains of North America with the Comanche Indians, is sort of the, the ones he's up against. And more importantly, more sort of interestingly, it's a young female um, Comanche, uh, Comanche hunter who's, yeah. um, who's who basically tried to take it down alongside her brother who is playing a big role in it as well. Yeah. <clears throat> in the film, you've got Amanda Mid-Thunder who plays the, sort of the, the young Naru, I think her name is. She's a young warrior. Yeah, Naru, yeah. And also you've got uh, Dane Delegro. He plays the Predator. Um, because it's a lot of practical effects in this. Um, yeah, yeah. Dakota A. Beavers, um, Stormy Kit, Michelle Thrush, Julian Black Antelope, which is a magnificent name, um, is in it as well. <laughs> and like, Indi- Native, and Native American Indian names are just, they do sound absolutely magnificent because it's always about the land and maybe, I think something that's what the, the animals and the mother yeah, first sees the, once you had the baby and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like, like kind of so, spirit animal links and yeah, stuff like so that. Yeah, really, really awesome, really cool sounding, like sort of head, like metal names. So, yeah, very much appreciate that. And, and Julian Black Antelope and Amber Mid Thunder are two specifically very good examples of that. Yeah, Finn Wolfhard's quite a good one as well. That's, that's that's a good name as well. That's a good name. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a proper like metal band name until it. Yeah, yeah. He's in a San um, Francisco thrash band, so he is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think we'll both say we're both Predator fans. We love the original. We've massive got, Predator fans. Yeah. Up and down feelings about some of the sequels. I really like Predator 2. Um, yep, not a huge fan of AVP, um, but I did quite like um, Predators and The Predator. I didn't mind them. Um, I'll go ahead and say in the limb, I think this is genuinely fucking fantastic. I thought it was magnificent. Um, and I probably would put it up there with probably this, maybe not quite on Predator, but definitely a notch behind it and definitely the best Predator film since Predator. Um Possibly even the best Predator film. Um, Crather is absolutely brilliant. Um, the young girl Amber Mid Thunder is absolutely a star in the making. She handles like the action and everything with absolute ease, and she, but she has a vulnerability to it, which I think is really interesting compared to say like Arnie, you know, in it, mm. who's like a man mountain. Um, but you also get that she's exceptionally capable, which yeah. I think is really they do that really well. You know, the idea like she's there not been a lot of shit online. Like how could this young girl take a Predator down when a full team of army of people can do? And you go. But she's been training to take down things bigger than her her entire life without having, you know, major machinery behind her. She's she's wily well, and they, they, they do scale down the Predator's capabilities the predator is, as well. No, because yeah. it's 300 years before Predator arrives. Yeah. Different Predator, yeah. so he has got slightly different powers. Um, I like the fact that Trachtenberg drops enough lore into it that it's not hokey. You know, you, yeah. get, you, get, you get one line that sort of, you know, happens yeah, the one line and the guns as well. The gun, uh, yeah, that all yeah, on that. But that all on that yeah. is very much its own beast, which I think was good. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it's just it's well paced. Um, I thought the soundtrack just adds really nicely to the tone as well. Um the only downside for me was the CGI. It did feel the, the bear felt yes. a little bit the animals, the CGI animals were yeah. The, CGI is going to be a big issue this week, so I'm yeah. just gonna say that just now. But then the dog was amazing. That dog was well fucking trained, didn't it? That's a, that's a stray, apparently. How did he get... Did you see this in movies? Dogs and you're like, that dog's like, it's acting, man. Yeah, that dog's acting, it? yeah. That dog was awesome. <laughs> um, did you watch it in English or did you watch it in Comanche? What, what did you do? 
Um, I watched it subtitled. So yeah, nice. in, in Comanche. Yeah, I always do. I, I don't watch dubbed. I don't do dubbed. dubbed no, the English always. wasn't dubbed. What they've done is really interesting. Like they filmed it in English, right? Mm. And that's what that was the original filming. And then the Comanche version of it, that's that's subtitled. Yeah, it's the same shots, but they've just digitally altered their mouth so the words fit better for the Comanche. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, cool. so it's not it's not like an old kung fu movie, but it was like sort of you know the words would <laughs> a minute later. So they've, they've sort of digitally so the words just fit the, the mouse a lot better, so you don't feel off foot by it. Which I thought was really because at first people were saying or I heard people say that they shot the film twice essentially, you know, once in Comanche and once in English, but they hadn't shot it once because they didn't have time to shoot it twice essentially. Time, so yeah. Yeah. the um, it's just digital alteration of the mouth to make it feel um, to make it so you don't so you're, so you're basically your eyes don't get off put by it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the bear was a big one for me. The bear did feel I get and I get why they don't have a, a real live bear on set. It makes sense. Um, yeah. but, but the bear and feel, the, cou- the cougar as well was pretty pretty badly done as well. Yeah, it, yeah, it, was, it just felt it felt a little bit cheaper, but. Everything else, I thought was fucking brilliant. Like I genuinely, I, I, absolutely loved it. Yeah, I did enjoy that it kind of kept to the same formula as, as the yeah. original Predator movie, where you've got the first thirty minutes is you know it's just kind of you know just building up, setting the scene before it mm. throws you into yeah. the action, which which was really nice. Um, I like seeing I like seeing the French getting massacred. That was good. That was fun. They, they did. Get, they, it was gory. I thought it was going to be. I didn't yeah. think it was going to be quite so strong, but it, yeah, it, you just went, you know, no, it's a fucking predator. You know, this thing kills you. There's, there's no, it doesn't do it nicely. You know, there was it, more than it, one or two spines being ripped out. Put oh, it yeah, yeah, there is. One thing I did have a problem with, maybe I'm just being pedantic and just being a bit of a dick, right? But predator lore is uh-huh. the predators come during heat waves. Uh huh. This wasn't a heat wave. Why was there a predator? Don't know. I don't know. There's also uh, made a... I, I'm being pedantic. I know I'm being a dick. Do you know I'm looking. It's like nitpicking. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. it, they've set that kind of lore, and you know, it's like there's always a heat wave. That you, you don't know. Maybe that lore came. Maybe that sort of rule came later. But maybe like I said, it's set in seventeen hundred. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I would someone did mention on Twitter, and I thought it was a fair point, is not in this film because it works totally in this film. But at some point, the predator has to win. Otherwise, yeah. every predator who comes here so far has been annihilated. Just good for the their asses kicked. Yeah, so well, I suppose in the predator was did that not kind of win because that, that kind of brought in the, the kind of predator anti predator suit. Do you know what I mean? Where kinda, like yeah. predator technology yeah. to beat the predator. Right. So I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe no, it's, it's a fair point. Yeah, they keep coming here. No, and, and yeah, but just Dan, Danny Glover fucks them up. Arnie fucks them up. Indian girl fucks up, Lance uh, Henderson, you know, they just keep getting their asses whipped, yeah. yeah. Do you think, in the, you remember, the, the, obviously this whole laws came from that sh- one, pretty much the one scene in the, the Predator ship in Predator 2, when you see, like, this Tyrannosaurus skull and stuff like that, and there's the alien skull, and you go, yeah. so it's took down a T-Rex at some point, so or the, yeah. not that specific Predator, but the Predator, Predators at some point have taken mm. down a T-Rex, and I feel like you, you need, we need to see a win at some point, we need to see yeah. a win. Not necessarily in this film. This film, I was totally happy to see her kick his ass. Um, spoilers, but obviously it's a pirate film. Um, but I would like to see one time, maybe if she fights, like, say, Jack Sparrow in the pirate world, she kicks, it, kicks, it fucking rips Jack Sparrow's spine out or something. I guess I'm thinking AVP, maybe, because, but then that was a team up, and that was Predators and Humans versus yeah. it. So again, it's mm. like, I need your help. And you're like, no, yeah. man, come on, you're a fucking badass predator. Yeah. But yeah, and everyone says how badass you are, but no, you're right. It's like, yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, Maybe I could beat one. Maybe you know. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, <laughs> unlikely, but maybe. <laughs> um, 
think we should talk on it like as much as like maybe a little bit down by the CGI was a little bit off slightly with some of the bigger mm. business CGI. The, the small business CGI worked really well, but also yeah. the, practic- yeah. the practical effects I thought were excellent. The, the mm-hmm. sort of the, the suit and everything looked badass. Yeah, um, yeah. And just you, you got the physicality from the suit that you get. Who was it played the original Predator? You probably know this. Uh, it was meant to be Van Damme and then replaced him by, I can't remember the guy's name, Peter somebody, but I can't remember his second name. Yeah. Um, but there, there is test footage of Van Damme as the Predator as well. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, but they, they got the physicality of what the Predator is. You know, it's sort of like just this Absolutely. huge bulking mass that yeah. is also limber and can do something. But it's also fallible, which I think is important. They bit that in yeah. quite early. It, there's a bit when he fights a wolf, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. And it bites him. You go like, so he's not completely, he's not brilliant at what he does. Yeah, he's not invincible. Yeah, uh-huh. he, can, he can be hurt, you know, and that's yeah. important to, to know early on. You know, he's, he's vulnerable. Yeah. He's t- but his technology helps him out a lot, obviously, because yeah. what, he's, what he's using helps him out a fair bit. But I thought, I generally thought it was, this was fantastic. And I, the only gutting thing was I watched it at home on Disney+. Plus. I loved to seeing it on like a Friday night the screen yeah that, that would have been a good cinema watch wouldn't it, it yeah. definitely would have i don't know if the cgi would have been more forgivable on a big screen because sometimes you're so immersed in the screen you're okay with it. cgi you look through it yeah whereas on the small screen it does tend to be glaringly obvious sometimes I, yeah. the revenant bear to me looks very fake when i watch we watch the revenant on the small screen but when i watched it on the big screen i had no issues with it but yeah you know i thought that, actually this is probably my film my week this is the week, the film of my week this week. I, I genuinely thought it was fantastic. I absolutely loved it. Enjoyed it a lot. Um, the CGI really annoyed me, though. Um, yeah. For that, six and a half out of ten. Oh, no way. That is ridiculous. Dude, the C, it took me out, man. I'm sorry, bad CGI. You know how I feel about this. I've spoken about this before. The bad CGI. Um, it was bad CGI well. in Bullet Train. didn't knock it down that many. But, but that had a lot going for it, man. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I mean, I did enjoy it. It's just when that bear and, and the cougars came up, it was like, fuck's sake. And mm-hmm. so, and some of the fire scenes as well. Were a bit like, okay. uh, I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. I fucking loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Average, like, average 7 out of 10. It's not a bad yeah, thing. I thought it was, I thought it was brilliant. Like, I would, I'll happily watch, like, I'll double bill. I could double Predator and Prey, but if it was really interesting, I could double bill, like, Predator and, like, Dancing with Wolves. That would work, yeah, 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 yeah. That would be a good Kevin Costner versus the Predator. That's something I would like to see. Or pre um, little big man. <laughs> <laughs> Give me two seconds. The big cats want now. Hold on. Oh, <laughs> I am happy you liked the combat. I really hope you'll be sort of more effusive about all things. No, I, I've enjoyed it a lot. Let's say it's just that. See, and as I say, CGI is going to be a big issue this week, and we'll get to. Another example of that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, final film is one that's on Netflix. You told me to watch it. Um, and it's a film called Carter, um, which is directed by Bean Gil Young, uh, who directed a film called The Villainess and Confession of a Murder. Um, South Korean movie. So, I would say it's an interesting time for South Korean film. Um, yeah. I've mostly enjoyed what's come out of South Korea recently. You know, mm-hmm. all the way back to The Host. And then, obviously, more recently, you've had Train to Busan. Um, and also, you've had... Um, Parasite as well, which yeah, was obviously yeah. South Korean, and that, that was a big, a big deal. So it, it seemed like a very good time to be involved in, in South Korean film. The same way, like maybe at the start of the two thousand, it was all about like some Norwegian and Swedish film at one point. Yeah, yeah. Know, this is sort of a South Korea's having its moment just now. Well, even for even things like Hunger Games and stuff like that, so people are now jumping. On. I mean, we've we've kind of been enjoying Korean films for a while now. Um, do you know what I mean? But things like Hunger Games is not Hunger Games. Um, Squid Games. Like, yeah, Squid Games. Yeah, stuff like that. It's became mainstream now, so people yeah. are starting to cut on to these. You know, Koreans make decent fucking films. They've got interesting ideas, and it's not 
what we're used to. It's not and normal they make talks. It, I they say that's the big thing. It's like it's not Western. It's Westernized enough that you can that you can understand what's going on, but it's not. Yeah. It's so it's like it's different. Not quite the same as real. Like say that when I watched Indian film recently, the RRR film, which was sort of almost a complete like different world that I was watching in terms of like what film can be. Um, yeah. South Korean film does feel very heavily American influence, which it would be because there's not a lot of the whole American um, and European um, army elements here. Yeah. So obviously they've been very much ingratiated, but they've aligned themselves very much with like sort of Western culture. West, yeah. So there is just obviously that that impact to it. But anyway, um, the plot of this film is a guy wakes up um, and he's <laughs> lost his memory, but there's a voice in his head telling him his name's Carter and he's got to do something in order to save his daughter who has got a virus that's rampaging through most of the world. And yeah. his daughter, but then but this, he then got to go and save a doctor and his daughter because they've got the antivirus and by saving them, he can save the world essentially. <laughs> that's it. Pretty, pretty much, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a all balls out action film. You can see of it is it's trying to be a one shot action film. Yeah, yeah. It's meant to be a one shot. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um so in the film, you got John, uh, Ju, uh, uh, John Woon is playing the sort of main Carter guy in it. Um, Camelia Bell plays a, um, a role in it. Actually, he plays like sort of the love interesting one. Um, Mike Coulter pops, you know, Luke Cage himself <laughs> pops up in it as well. Um, he's just sitting there waiting for that Marvel call, isn't he? He just he wants that Marvel call to come again. He's like, you gave Charlie a job. Why can't you give me another job? Um, um Kim Boo Min plays his um, daughter and Sung Ye Lee um, has, has got a role in it as well. So it is very much unrelenting action from pretty much the word go, which is impressive in itself. It's a video game. It, 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 it is. You know what it is? It's Hardcore Henry. On steroids. Yes, up to it's 10. Hardcore yeah. Henry. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. To the point, though, it feels so it's a video game, it feels like a two and a bit hour cutscene. Yeah. Because even the bit, even the bit in the lift when she's telling him what to do, that feels like I was playing a video game, getting told how to use the buttons. Yeah, to- totally. You know, so it's push forward and you walk. Yeah, you know, ah. push button B. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, totally, totally. The thing in your head not only lets me hear you, but also tells me someone's been fifty feet off. You know, like you know that again. That feels so video game. Video game is absolutely. Yeah. Do you know? So, so let's start out with some trivia for this film. Um, guess what the body count is in this film? Oh. 222. Close, 247, I believe it was. Wow. Um, is that Hot Shots bo- territory, or is it still less oh, than Hot Shots? I think, I think it's probably more than that. I, have, I think it's possibly more than Rambo as well, possibly. Rambo was pretty brutal. Well, you, mean, you mean the new Rambo, the Rambo? Yeah, yeah the, the, the old new one. Yeah, the old new one, yeah. Fuck it, John Rambo, or maybe. When he was, when he was yeah, basically the, like just sort of like scything people down, it's Lining them up. <laughs> yeah. Um, the first 20 minutes of this film, um, the body count is 57. I mean, that in fight first... in the Turkish bath, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's weird to see that amount of male flesh on display, to be honest. It was quite... It was male quite... and female flesh as well, yeah. yeah. There's titillation on there as well for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what we think. It's a film that's made for 12-year-old boys. Oh, t- totally, with an 18 certificate. Yeah. Um, the, the 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 fucking violence is insane um in, in this film. Um it's gratuitous for the sake yeah. of it. There, there's yes. no there's no artistic premise, there's no, no. Like, you know <laughs> slow motion blood splatter, it's just all out fucking gore, you know. It's yeah. you know, rather than do getting... one slow motion shot will just kill twelve people to get the same, yeah. the same amount of blood shown on screen. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. and it does it it gets tiring. 
um, watch it. I love action. I love gore. I love people getting their throat, throats cut and their heads caved in. But you get to a point where you're like, come on, man, just, you know, stop now. And Ooh. this film doesn't do that. It just keeps going and going and going. And it's like, how much more can we do? To point Remember the, like, the start of John Wick 3, right, when he's getting yeah. away and he's fighting his way through and he gets onto like, the horse and he's fighting his way through and he gets into the bookstore and he's fighting in that, fighting the library. Yeah. And yeah. then he gets to the point where he's in the gun shop and he's making a gun and he's killing people. And then, yeah. And then they say, then the film just slows down for a good 15 minutes because, yeah, the audience needs a chance to catch its breath to be you able to, to, to be, yeah. Uh, even Mad Max has it. Mad Max is unrelenting for like a, for about 40 minutes. Then it has moments that you, you, you just like to, just to get your breath for a moment and then you can slam back into it. But when you have this, which is pretty much just, from moment one, it's just unrelenting. It just goes, it, yeah. It's so hard to even just care at any point because mm-hmm. it gets to the point I'm going, I don't really, nobody, and everyone in it's disposable, it seems like. Yeah. And yeah. I guess the point, I'm, I'm just, I'm sort of dulled by everything that's happening. I'm not even caring about the violence at any point. It just, it's so cartoonish and so video gamey that yeah. any narrative that was there, because there's all like almost zombie narrative in it as well. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's the problem as well. So it starts out, um, where it mentions the infection and infected, and that's, oh. that's the premises they need to go and get an adult. But you know, the last kind of hour, it brings in zombies, and you're like, "What the fuck?" Mm. Do, do you know what I mean? It's like, uh, "What are you? Are you a zombie, zombie film? Zombie are, film? You, are you a spy film? You know, where did where do you like?" And I guess it's a kind of balls out choice to just fuck it, you know, yeah, let's mash it all. Yeah. But you know, we've seen films before that, that just throw everything at it and see what sticks. And with this one, as, as fun as it is, a lot of it just doesn't stick. Because um, you, you think the start of it in a Turkish bath and Ben Howard are flying out after falling out of a plane. But yeah, one shot off Korea. Yeah, you totally. And, and then the, before you know it, they're fucking in helicopters and trains. Yeah. And you're like, I don't understand. You know, yeah. you're so fucking slow down. Um, some of this, uh, credit where credit's due, the stunt work in this is fucking audacious. Um, it's just in, in the, the stunt work. I was trying to find out how many stuntmen died, but there's no information on Google about that, unfortunately. I'm, I'm sure there must have been stuntmen lost their lives making this film because it Agreed. is fucking nuts. I mean, yeah. th- there's one bit where they're fighting in a van with two open doors with a van at either side with open doors and the action's just going between these three vans. Um, there's an R scene where it's a train and a helicopter. Um, yeah. do, do you know I mean? The, the stunt work is just fucking... Jackie Chan would, would, would scratch his head going, I yeah. don't understand you know, the mechanics of these fucking stunts because they're, they're batshit crazy. Yeah. Um, On nuts. that though, um, I was quite a bit off put, like number one, the CGI at times is a bit dodgy. Um, I'm all about. Again, yeah, this week's big point the CGI, this is what got me. Yeah, yeah but also the, the pursuit of having it as a one shot movie meant that they didn't particularly hide a lot of the cuts very well. There's a lot of this sort of like almost yeah. like a slow mo and then a zoom put up to try and like keep it into the one shot. Yeah. And it feels like at that point you're, you're, you're struggling so much with the conceit to do it that it becomes almost distracting. Whereas, like, Something like um, 1917, we know it's a one-shot, but we know it's not. We know that there was like, yeah. sort of cuts in there. But you don't make them so obvious. You know, that, you know it's like you, when you pan to a black room or something, it's sort yeah. of like pans out and that thing. This was almost doing it mid-shot, you know, when yeah. sort of someone's, so- like, someone's walking. <laughs> it would just sort of, it would edit there, but it would, be, it would try and like, cover it by, by a quick zoom pulse where we block. Yeah. 
like, no, I, no, it's, it's don't lazy. do that. I see, I see yeah. that. I got it. It's, it, it's was, it was just once. It was like continually throughout the film, yeah. and it almost yeah. gave it again that gave it even more of like almost like a video game buffering feel. Yeah, yeah. you know what I felt like. I just felt like again. It, um, oh right, so this this is so I watched it. <laughs> my dick. I watched it twice <laughs> because because I've got there's a reason why. Because my teenage son, well, he's old, he's not a twenty-year-old son. While I was yeah. over staying, and I said to him, "Do you want to watch this crazy film?" So I watched it with him as well. So the first time I watched it, um, it kept looking like it was buffering, like kind of jumpy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, "That's weird. I wonder if it's just my internet's maybe dropping." Mm. But then when I watched it with Aiden, it was doing the same thing. Was See, it doing it, it with it's, you? It's a stylistic. It's a stylistic choice. As I was saying, it's a buffering. Is it? Ah. Oh, That's right. it's we're, we're, fucking we're awful. The, we're doing the cut. Ed, they're editing within a scene to try and make it continue one shot. So they do a sort of a weird zoom pan buffer blur to make it. Obviously, it's them stitching two shots together. But it just looks like you're in it's dropping. Oh, that's what I'm saying. That's what again <laughs> gave it a proper like videoy gamey feel to it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. So I was because I was like pure like that's weird. And then when I was watching it, and I was like, no, that, so it's not mine, isn't it? You know. So no. I think at that point I just sort of realised right, that this is deliberate. But I didn't, stylistic choice, definitely. That, that's um, my my favourite stunt in it. Um, just, I've just got to mention this to people is is there's a stunt very early on where he jumps out a window. Um, pushes a guy out the window. The guy then hits off the building across from him. He then latches onto the guy's body, surfs his body on top of a car and then rolls onto the ground. And I'm just like, this is fucking bonkers. For what it is, I mean, there's a lot of flaws with this film, but for the stunt work and inventiveness of it, it's got a lot of It's insane, yeah. Plot and narrative and stuff. It's terrible, but it's just pure entertainment. I mean, it's not boring. (laughs) <laughs> no, it holds your attention for pretty much all of it, yes. Fucking goes. And the lead fella um, is pretty good at the action shit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a big buff guy and, you know, he can he can fairly move himself around and stuff like that as well. Um, you know, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't stop throughout the whole movie. He needs, um, to, he needs to trim it down by a good 40 minutes oh, again because it's over two hours long. Yeah, yeah. Um, get get that thing to ninety minutes, and, and you probably could just you actually could do ninety minutes, and it could be unrelenting violence throughout the whole thing. Yeah, with maybe a wee bit in the middle just to sort of calm it and then get back into it. But two yeah. hours, it does test the patience. Just good. And as you say, I mean, it, it kind of you know it starts out you know in a fucking Turkish baths, and by the end of it, you're in you know like fucking jump off airplanes over North Korea. Do you know what I mean? Landing on trains. Do you know what I mean? Start, it just. You know, the, the, the leaps are insane. Um, yeah. Although I, I did really, really, really enjoy the, the free-falling scene. That was, that was good. Wasn't it? Listen, every, uh, every scene in isolation it, is yeah. so well done and, and works brilliantly, but it's when you try and put it into, uh, into a film, it's almost like they had a mo- an idea for 12 films, but it went out because we can only give you money for one film. So Marlon <laughs> missing there, we can put it all into the one film. That's what it felt like. Just put everything in it. Yeah. Somebody say, "Are you sure about this, Mister Director?" No, I want everything in there. Everything that's going in this. Everything. Zombie, zombie. Okay, well, fucking yeah. zombies can go in there as well. Let's yeah. go for it. Uh, um, yeah, the, the CGI, um, the, the the fire in particular for the CGI was 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 bad, really bad. Really bad. Um, and you know that's my biggest pet hate is. And you're not a fan of that, yeah. I really, really pisses me off in a big way, um, and and that's what really put off. Um, I gave it a five out of ten. I was also giving it a five out of ten as well. Yeah, yeah. because it does, you know, as in terms of, there's not many films that do this. Um, you know, there's this hardcore Henry, um, 
couple of hours, maybe. The final hour of Baby Driver. Yeah, yeah, but it is, you know, it is quite a niche genre, possibly for a fucking good reason. Yeah, it takes so much, yeah. it's so much skill to pull it off to do it. De- definitely. Um, you know, and as I say, I'm curious to find out how many stuntmen died. I, I, how many lived, I suppose, is, is yeah. a important <laughs> question. Um, because, you know, the, the stunts are just fucking bonkers. Like yeah. the skydiving one, I wonder how much of that was done in one take, the actual skydiving, but do you know what I mean? Cause... I've got a feeling that's done in uh, a green screen, pre-fall green screen. I think so. Yeah, I don't. I think maybe that's. I don't know. I've got a funny feeling these crazy bastards are just what you know. Fucking let's chuck these out. I mean, I wouldn't surprise me if they, if they did, but I, I, I get a sense <laughs> it was that it was more of a um, a green screen type situation. I will try and find out more. I'll we'll find out it. more about um, that one, yeah. But uh, absolute bonkers film. Um, entertaining as hell, but it's. I've, I've kind of seen it twice, almost accidentally, till I didn't watch it. Um, I'll never watch it again. No, but I will. Tell people to watch it because yeah. it's so fucking outrageous. Uh, yeah. No, I won't say people watch this, it's a good mm. film. I will say, watch this, it's fucking nuts. Do you know what I mean? And I'll apologize for the plot before I tell them to watch it, but I will say to people, watch this film. Watch that, and you should watch RRR back to back with it. <laughs> because Just to really fry your fucking minds. <laughs> yeah, you, you come out, you, you become a husky man, not knowing what happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should still definitely watch it. I was, I was almost going to do it the other night. Um and then I think I found Sandman instead. So mm. you can boom Sandman for a bit. Right. It's, it's on it's on the, the it's on Netflix. Yeah, watch it's it. On things to watch. It's, um, it's on there, definitely. So that's us for this week. We've got a lot of films this week, but next week we've got we've got a wee bit quieter week. Um we've got at the cinema, the big release is Nope, the new film nope. from Jordan Peele. Which um, you've all you've already seen. Um just what one word, um, is it good? Yes, but I want to see it again. Okay, be, cool. it's one of those ones. It's sure. definitely, it's definitely, it's going to gestate. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we didn't talk about it tonight because I feel like I've got to let it gestate to understand to, to sort of oh. get my feelings on it. Okay, right, intrigued mm-hmm. already. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, Do, I'm, and I've, I've kind of noticed on the internet there's, there's an acronym banding about, um, not of planet Earth. Yes, false. Right. Okay. Cool. Right. Okay. That's 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 been for a while. Right. Okay. Cool. Um, right, it's definitely it's. it's it's what we like in a film, um, like say, like a Close Encounters type thing, where it, it's it's one thing, but it's also another thing, and you'll you'll think about it for a while. Cool, I'm looking forward to it. Mister Peel does that. He does, yeah. you know, you do leave his films tuned. Uh, you know, you don't come out thinking that that was a good watch. You know, and you you'll be happy because Mister Keith David pops up in it. We do love Keith David. Keith we David. love Keith David. Yeah, marvelous. Who's not to be confused with David Keith? David Keith, who is Daredevil's dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> on Netflix, we've got Day Shift, which is a Jamie Foxx vampire film, which I've seen already. Okay, um, is it is it is it not Jamie Foxx fan that you are? Did it pass the mustard? It does pass the mustard. Um, there's a handful of Jamie Foxx films that will tolerate, and this is one. Maybe one of them. Okay. Yeah. So and you can you can tell me next week what you think. I will. And on Sky Cinema, which is always a risky situation, we go to Sky <laughs> Cinema. Um, there's a film called Black Sight, starring Jai Courtney, Michelle Monaghan, and who else we say? Uh, Jason Patrick. Patrick Jason, Jason. No. No. It's not Jason Patrick. It's Jason. <laughs> oh, damn it! Oh, the Aussie no. lad who's in the Terminator film. We always get Jason Clark. Jason do you know every podcast we do this? You know, we've never actually nailed this guy's name. Do you know? No, that? he is. Go, go back to every film review and yeah. you'll see we do this every fucking time. He must hate us. He's completely nondescript. He is. He's sort of like. <laughs> he's, 
He's like, come on, guys, just get my name right. Fucking do it. Yeah. Um, so we're then next week, and I will endeavour to go and see Crawdads this week so we can talk about that. Crawdads. And we've also got um, Where is Anne Frank? Where is Anne Frank? Time which, seems, which seems to have sneaked in because you didn't know about it, which is I think it's on, I think, bizarre. I think the cinema world up your end is doing it, and the one that mind is not. It's a more limited release, ah, I think. Possibly. Right. Okay. Okay. So um, it's an animated film about um, some girl looking for Anne Frank's or trying to. Explore Anne Frank's diaries, which I'll go and see tomorrow morning at ten o'clock. So. That's nice. I just love doing that in cinema for the kind of films. Anyway, what's um where people find us? Uh, in the bedroom. Okay, <laughs> in your jammies. <laughs> My jammies. Find us on number three beers in the movie. We're on uh, Gmail. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter, and uh, we're on Facebook as well. Um, so look us up. Give us. Did you ever find that email address? To, Password? No. No? no. Okay. Don't email us. Don't email. We have no access to the email. <laughs> <laughs> one, one million spam emails are sitting yeah. there waiting for me to delete them. Um, all the usual haunt. So, um, yeah, log in to them and give us a wee thumbs up or subscribe and all that shit. Do, do, all, do all that stuff, you know, all the well, bells and whistles. Do all that stuff and like us and let us know you're there and listening because we're here and talking. So it's nice to know you're there as well. I've been Colin. You've been Richard. We've been. Three beers and a movie.